to Keeping It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life podcast. Today, I'm having an inspiring conversation with Julie Che. Thank you so much for joining us. Julie has worked with close to 300 couples over 30 years. She offers premarital counseling, focusing on communication dynamics, and that's the topic of our conversation today. Her work is based upon the principles of mindfulness, or present moment awareness. Our focus today is the difference between the verbal processor, who needs to talk to figure things out and get their aha moment, and the nonverbal processor who needs time and space to think things through to arrive at their aha moment. One needs to talk, and the other needs to get away and figure it out on their own. So what happens when these two come together, and why can this dynamic be so painful? Greetings, Julie. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Janine. It's a pleasure. Well, in the interest of full disclosure, I have to let everyone know that Julie is my little sister and my only sibling. Yes, and we won't mention the nickname she's given me over the years, but... <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, you know, you may get a little sibling rivalry, a little, you know, banter uh, happening throughout this podcast conversation. Don't be surprised if that happens. It's okay. Some of them fit, I admit. (laughs) (laughs) I was the youngest, you know. (laughs) Absolutely. So where would you like to start? Well, to answer your question, most of us are going to marry or be in a close relationship with somebody who's put together differently than we are. Mm-hmm. One of us is going to need to talk. The other is going to need to get away and think about it. Um, if you were to v- divide even the population in half, verbal processors and get away, think about it, you know the chances are very likely you'll marry or be in a relationship with someone who's <clears throat> put together differently than you are. Right. And even if it isn't your spouse, once you add kids into the mix, like when we right. first talked about this, I realized that that this is one of the reasons that I have problems with Stephen's oldest is he is definitely a getaway, figure it out on their own person. And when you told me about the hello, lights are on and nobody's home, I just went, oh my God, this is this is the dynamic that's happening with us. Yeah. And it, it makes it a lot easier to understand that it's normal mm-hmm. and it's okay and being a verbal processor is no better or worse than being a nonverbal processor. Mm-hmm. It's just that in our society, if you have a problem, you're supposed to talk about it. Right. right? And some people can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some people need time to, to figure it out. So let's talk about how they use the verbal process. Okay. Uh, a verbal problem solver needs another person to listen attentively. Mm, mm-hmm. They want them as a sounding board and they seldom want answers. You know, you'll often hear somebody say, don't, don't give me your answers. Just listen. <laughs> you know, just, they want their own aha. And their talk can be messy, emotional, convoluted. It can take up paragraphs at a time. And it can be hard to follow because you have to realize they're thinking through or feeling through a problem. And sometimes they don't even know what the problem is. They just know something 
that happened didn't feel right. And so they're trying to come to figure out what the problem is, how they feel, and what the solution might be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this is really for problem solving, let's be clear, because if we're talking about, you know, our friend Bob or whatever, um, my husband, who's a getaway, think about it, can go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. But it's when we actually have a problem, something that's kind of important or that that dynamic, the new dynamic has to take place. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we'll and we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, now, <clears throat> the nonverbal problem solver, or or I like to call them the getaway, think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, their talk is not to solve the problem. They talk to actually offer their answer or their solution. See, they've already sorted it out in their head. Mm. All this messy, emotional, convoluted stuff that verbal problem solvers like myself do verbally, um, they do within their own head. And so by the time they talk, they are clear and concise. Mm-hmm. And they have their answer. Ah, okay. And they usually don't share their interior process. So like my husband... Um, who's a getaway, think about it. I once heard him, well, he's also Korean, so we have some other language issues, but (laughs) 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 not many. We've been here 30 years. So I heard him one day, he said, one dog, and I didn't know where it came from. I didn't know the beginning or the end of that sentence. I just heard one dog, and then, well, Stray came, and we ended up with two, and I found out that that was a problem. (laughs) (laughs) But not not for long, because he loved the the stray as much as I did. Uh, he has a good heart. And it's probably the same thing with the feral cat family that I took in. Uh, mother with six babies. And, um, you know, he was worried about all the babies. And then when he went golfing in Florida with his buddy, I took in the feral male. <laughs> <Your father. laughs> nice, nice job. Yes, you and I are, you know, we're my yeah. our mother was the same way. We're very... Very much into taking in strays. So, okay. So, I'm. I want to be clear. So, what you're, what I think you, I hear you saying, when you said Youngman just said one dog, that he had been processing that he really didn't want two dogs. He just wanted to have one, and that's that was the outcome of it. Was just saying one dog. Sure, and I have no idea where that came from ah. since, since you know we didn't have a stray yet, although we often did have two dogs, mm-hmm. but. but I wasn't let in on the, the thinking. Ah, got it. Okay. I wasn't let in on his thinking. Whereas with a verbal processor, you hear all their thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more than anyone wants. <laughs> so let me let me um, share with you. This all comes, by the way, from Donna, D-W-A-N-A, Markova, M-A-R-K-O-V-A. Okay. Her book entitled The Art of the Possible. The Art of the Possible. Okay. Uh-huh how people think, learn, and communicate. And I must have bought that in the 90s when we first moved up to this area. So I don't know if it's still there. But, you know, she says play with it, experiment with it. And, I mean, it's been just the best book for uh, working with couples that um, I ever read. Mm -hmm. I even got a call one time from a a rabbi who uh, I was doing her sister's wedding. She was concerned that I'd be sure to talk about how they're going to raise their kids, yada, yada, all these issues. And I said, you know what? I'm going to teach them how to communicate. And then any issue that comes up, I'm confident that they will be able to handle it. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. They'll be able to compromise. They'll be able to agree to disagree. You know, whatever. They'll they'll work it out. Mm -hmm. You know, and they of course were put together differently, as most of my couples are. And by the way, it's not always the woman who's the verbal processor. Aha. Uh -huh. Women can be getaway. Think about it too. We just in our society there tend to be more men that are that way, but women can be that too. Mm -hmm. There's two kinds of getaway. Think about it. Mm -hmm. Nonverbal problem solvers. So let me just be clear about that. There's the visual problem solver who might look at a problem from various perspectives. They'll do research online. They'll make notations, maybe a pro and con list, if not on paper, in their head. Um, and the visuals will trigger their aha. Okay. okay. And then there's the kinesthetic problem solver. And they feel the problem physically. They often look like they're stewing. Uh, sometimes they don't have a grasp on what the problem is. So if you ask them, they can't tell you. And it's very, very difficult to witness. Mm -hmm. A kinesthetic problem solver. I hear that from a lot of my um, couples that the one that's stewing, it's just really hard to be around somebody who's stewing. And the best thing to trigger their aha, stewing isn't going to do it, is for them to move. Because you imagine like in their solar plexus or, you know, their gut, they're holding this problem. Sometimes they feel it in the whole body. And the best thing to do to get their aha uh, is to go for a run, uh, rake the yard, uh, mow the lawn, walk the dog, anything that gets their core moving. Mm -hmm. This your their aha, just like talking triggers my aha. So movement, they need to move. Get up, just... It go somewhere, do something. Yeah. And kinesthetic problem solvers, often if there's something that they haven't resolved, you know, they may blow once or twice a year, just kind of blow up, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, have kind of a temper tantrum over something. Um, and that's just, they don't have the, the tools, the verbal tools for dealing with things. And they really do need to, um, you know, be a little more self-aware. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Got it. So, so I'll bet a lot of our listeners are are resonating with this, um, been there, done that kind of thing. What do they do? Right. We've established the problem now. <laughs> now right. what's the dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the verbal problem solver is usually the first one to bring up the problem. And most verbal problem solvers go, yeah, yeah, I'm always the one that has to bring it up or the, I'm always the one that needs to talk. And when when the getaway think about it is unable to actively listen in the way that a verbal problem solver needs, which is, of course, verbally, mm -hmm. the, verbum, the verbal problem solver might start doing uh, two things that is universal. So if I don't think you're listening to me, Janine, I, I just said, if I don't think you're listening to me, you know, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. They repeat. Mm -hmm. And after repeating a couple of times, and it's so funny to see, actually watch this dynamic in a session, after they repeat a couple of times, they get louder. I've been there. I've been so frustrated that I have actually screamed. I couldn't believe it. I was w watching myself. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this. But the frustration level was so high. Right. I know. I know. And if you just, you know, with that, if you just acknowledge, I'm feeling frustrated right now. Mm -hmm. You know, if you can acknowledge your frustration and take a breath. And then realize, well, this is that dynamic now. Now you've got some, you're going to have some tools mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. uh, work with that frustration. Yeah. So, so you're feeling frustrated and um, 
maybe discount and and I think the anger that comes from that frustration is the feeling of either discounted, rejected, unimportant, or unloved or disrespected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Those those are always the feelings that are underneath our anger. So that's what a verbal problem solver feels when they're not when they feel like they're not being listened to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when this happens, nonverbal problem solver, um, you know, I'll, okay, so you raise, you're repeating, you're raising your voice, and what's happening to the other person who is not verbal? They're going, problem? they're going away <laughs> in their they're head. Just, they're just going away. Wow, they're not there. The door, you know, leave and slam the door. They do that. But the feelings underneath are that they feel overwhelmed, verbally attacked, frustrated, or unloved. And or or all of those things, mm-hmm. and yeah, they storm out, or they do uh, what you and I talked about earlier. They try to sit there and be good and as respectful as they can, and have that lights on nobody's home look. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. Right. Well, I was working with a couple when this literally happened, mm-hmm. and I stopped the verbal processor to ask the getaway think about it. What was happening? He had a lights on nobody's home look. And he said, and, and that's that present moment awareness work, you know, what's happening right now? You know, we're actually in this process that we're here to work with. What's happening right now? And uh, he said he was trying to figure out what she was asking for so he could give her an answer. See, because he's doing all that in his head and, and um, he wasn't listening when he was doing it. So she could see he wasn't listening. So then she's getting more angry, right? Mm-hmm. But he's doing his best. Mm-hmm. Find the answer for her. I asked him if he'd uh, like to have time to think it about it, and he said yes, but he wasn't sure what the question was. So here's the dynamic that I offer them. I asked her to give him a one to two sentence synopsis of her concern. In other words, the verbal processor has to talk to their angels or their imaginary friend mm-hmm. or a real friend and narrow it down. What's the problem? What am I feeling? How can I offer this in a way that isn't blaming or over emotional so that my loved one can receive it? Mm-hmm. And then after she says, honey, I'm concerned about yada, yada, I ask him to repeat what she said. And he says, I heard you say you're concerned about yada, yada. And he says, is that correct? Of course, if he doesn't say that, I'm, I'm egging them on, you know, I'm doing the Oprah thing. You know? <laughs> is, that is that correct? So it's kind of like a game. It's kind of fun. And remember, these are premarital couples, so nobody's got a foot out the door yet. <laughs> <laughs> An important point. Yeah, we have fun. And I really, really emphasize the dynamic of speaking because I want them to take that home and use it. Mm-hmm. Not even just with problems, but just for fun or to make fun of me. I don't care. Just use it because it'll it'll be useful to them. And then so she confirms, yes, that's correct. Thank you. Um, or uh, he will restate the issue. Uh, she'll restate it if, if needed. And I ask how she feels hearing him repeat her concerns. And she'll say something like, I feel listened to and I feel important to him. And I know he's going to get away and think about the issue that um, I'm concerned about, Mm -hmm. not something else. Mm -hmm. Um, And that allows her to be patient. So uh, he was to ask for time to get away and think about it and uh, offer to come back and discuss the issue in an hour a day or whatever it takes. Stating the time gives the verbal processor 
kind of an arena in which they know they have to be patient and wait. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. remember, he's going to go off and get his aha. She's still waiting. (laughs) Right. Yes. I know the dynamic well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like sex, but it's not. But sometimes we make fun of it that way. (laughs) Um, So she was to repeat his his request. And it would sound like, honey, I understand you need some time to think about yada, yada, and you'll come back to talk this evening. Is that correct? And he'll say, yes, that's correct. Thank you. And if not, he'll correct it. And then Mm -hmm. she'll repeat the correction. Mm -hmm. Now she can be patient. Right. Then you can let go. You don't have. Right. And, and you know what? They both feel respected. Mm -hmm. And, and I do this work because um, my goal is to help them feel loved safe and able to grow in their relationship. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel respected, you can't. Right. So then I asked how it feels uh, when she says she understands that he needs time to get away. And mm-hmm. he responds, I feel safe and respected. I don't feel overwhelmed anymore. Isn't that wonderful? Mm-hmm. 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 And uh, when he comes back with his answer, she'll repeat it to confirm it. Mm-hmm. And she may ask for clarification. And then this is a sticking point with these guys. They need to be patient. So now the verbal processor gets to dialogue with his answer. Too often the nonverbal processor, they've done all their thinking in their head on their own. They found their answer and then they expect the other person to take it as if it's handed to them on a silver platter. (laughs) (laughs) The king has spoken or the queen has spoken, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just not fair. They got their aha, and now the verbal processor deserves to get theirs as well. Mm-hmm. And so I have them continue the dynamic. You know, I heard you say, is that correct? As she is, uh, or whoever the, the pro- verbal person is, as they're talking. And they go back and forth and, and make sure they hurt each other. Early on in the session, I teach them to ask each other what the unhealthy dynamic felt like. I skip that. That's usually the first thing. Like when you're talking and I roll my eyes, how do you feel? And the response is when I'm talking and you roll your eyes, I feel ridiculed. And then I heard you say that when you are talking and I roll my eyes, you feel ridiculed. Is that correct? Yes, thank you. And he might say, I'm sorry, I had no idea. I don't want you to feel that way. And then he re- she repeats what he said. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of where they go into their deeper feeling nature mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there's empathy for one another. Mm-hmm. And, and I ask her as the verbal processor, if she's wondering what he, the nonverbal processor, is feeling when he rolls his eyes. You know, it's like you've got to be curious what's happening in him that he's actually rolling his eyes while mm-hmm. you're talking, mm-hmm. you know. And the answer, of course, is yes. Or we, or we can't continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we have a laugh over that because, you know, obviously this, that's the requirement of these sessions that you have to say yes to whatever I say. <laughs> and, so she says, okay, sweetheart, when you roll your eyes while I'm talking, what are you feeling? And his response might be, when I roll my eyes while you're talking, I'm feeling like, here we go again. Here we go again. I ask her to repeat what he said and then ask him. So she might not know how to lead him down into a feeling. Here we go again is thinking, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of feeling underneath it. Mm -hmm. But the words are thinking words. So she's to say, how does 
here we go again feel. So she says that. She asks him. And his answer might be, and I've heard this, like I won't be able to give you what you want. Mm. And she repeats his answer back. Now we're getting deeper, but we still have to arrive at a feeling. So I have her ask, how does I won't be able to give you what you want feel? And his answer might be scared. I feel scared. And that might be the first time he's ever said that. Mm -hmm. And she repeats saying, I heard you say that when you roll your eyes while I'm talking to you, you feel scared. Is that correct? And he says, yes, thank you. And she might say, I'm so sorry. I don't want you to feel scared when we're talking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, you can just feel the deepening even within ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. At that, yeah. At that point, he might, he being the nonverbal processor in this case, might be in a deeper place. And I'll ask him if this is a familiar feeling. If perhaps it's happened before, and of course, nine times out of ten, it might have happened with his mother. Mm -hmm. And so maybe his mom was a verbal processor like his bride is. But <laughs> 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 don't really think about it. So he takes some time to feel. I have him maybe, you know, put his hand on his heart or wherever he's feeling that emotion and just talk about what he's noticing. And um, he's now able to establish an emotional distinction between his mom and his bride. Mm -hmm. No, she's not your mother. She's your bride. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't happen in every dynamic, but sometimes I do go into an inner listening session with the person who just went deeper. Mm -hmm. And I'll go over it. I'll, I'll say, do you, wanna be, do you want me to help you be with this? And, and the other person's nodding their head, please, please, help us be with this. You know? And they might even come back for a session. But sometimes just, you know, 15 minutes of going deep into that energy and acknowledging what's theirs can be very freeing. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. And it's a real honor because, how you know, how often do you get to talk on that, that deep and that intimate a level with people? Not very often. Yeah, you know, we're always talking about issues, issues, and look at all the issues going on now. And it's really about, you know, what they're feeling deep inside that these outer events are triggering, mm -hmm. you know, in our political system. Right. Yeah. So did you want to hear some funny ways that this dynamic can be used in everyday life? Oh, sure. I think that would be great. Okay. Well, my favorite was that after going through this uh, communication process with one couple, and they were so such a, a great couple, I asked, if, are there any other concerns that they had? I don't know why, you know, I often do ask that, but uh, sometimes I don't. And, um, and he jumped right in. I don't even know if he jumped out of his chair. <laughs> and he said, yeah. He said, there's never anything I want to eat in the refrigerator. <laughs> I'm like, what? He said, there's never anything I want to eat in the refrigerator. And she comes back at him. She says, but I ask you every time before I go to the store, what do you want me to get you? And you never tell me. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well, gosh, that's easy enough. I say to her, well, you know, now that you know that he's a getaway, think about it. 
and he needs, you know, he needs time. I said, how are you going to handle this? And uh, she said, well, I'll ask him sooner. I won't wait till the, till, you know, I'm going out the door. Do you want to ask him how much time he needs? And she says, yes, how much time would you like to think about? And, you know, it may have been a day or something like that. So she says, okay, I'll, I'll give you a day to think. I'll let you know I'm going to go to the store tomorrow and we'll see what happens. Well, um, obviously they worked on it because when they came back the next time to do their vows, he was all happy and he said, I have everything I want to eat in the refrigerator now. (laughs) It was so cute. cute. And you know, that's not a big deal, but. But it can grow into a big deal. Yes. A lot of those things start adding up Mm -hmm. and one can feel disrespected, unloved, Mm -hmm. like the other person doesn't care when they do. It's just that they have to communicate in the right way. Right. Now, I have a question. With that last example, would it have worked to um, also say, why don't you, as you think of things that you want, why don't you write them down? And then when I go to the store, I'll have your list. Would that work too? Yeah, and he may have done that, Mm. especially if he's verbal and not kinesthetic in the processing. Mm. Mm -hmm. He may have done that. Mm -hmm. Or he may have kept a mental list. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, also, and, and I think that helps, you know, and I do that with uh, with my husband, too. Mm-hmm. We, we write things down. It's just a matter of making sure all the pieces of paper come together. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Little little notes all over the place. Yeah, yeah. we're going to the, to the co-op. What are we going to pick up? Right, right. And I've, learned, and I've learned as a verbal processor that it is in some ways my responsibility to say, okay, we're, you know, we're going to go to the co-op. Uh, what, what else do you want to get? I've got this list. You know, what do you have? And maybe he has written some things down. Maybe he has some more. And then I need to mention, by the way, I'd like to pick up some bird seed at the, um, you know, the granary. And I should probably stop and deliver some uh, boxes of pottery to the store. And sometimes my husband doesn't like to do all those extra errands. Mm. So I checked that out and I said, otherwise I can do it when I come in another day. And depending on how he's feeling, he likes, he's very goal oriented. And so I don't want to change his goal at the last minute. You know what I mean? I want to give him a heads up. Got it. And then he might think about other things or what he needs to do or how we could do it in a way that's comfortable for him. So I learned that the hard way. It only took me 30 years on that. I I am so processing what you're saying. I had no idea that this would become very personal for me when we first started talking about this. <laughs> I'm glad because I know that's been difficult for you. Yeah, yes. Um, and so, so tell me, you know, for you, how does it feel knowing that he's not just being shithead or something, yeah. <laughs> but this is just how he's put together and it's different than how you're put together? Yeah, it, it will change how I approach this now. I, I'm going to try some different things. So thank you. Good, good. Yeah. And have more compassion for both of you then. Yeah, yeah. Right? That will help. So, yeah. okay, so there are a lot of other relationships besides uh, spousal or children. Um, what about, you know, other other situations where this can be really helpful? Well, I always have a lot of, since, I, since I'm a verbal processor, I tend to have more compassion for the one I feel is getting the raw end of the deal, which is the getaway. Think about it. Mm, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. 
and uh, because they're not as well understood. And um, one of my couples was a teacher, mm-hmm. and he said that um, when they have meetings, he has trouble um, offering anything in the meeting because, you know, the meeting will be called, and he doesn't know what it's about. Everybody participates but him. Mm, because said, he's the getaway, think about it. Right. Okay. Or she. Mm-hmm. Is it, to be honest, it, it, it actually was a she. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's use the she getaway, think about sure. it, because we use she's. Yeah, she said she's really frustrated and she's really uncomfortable in the meetings because she couldn't participate and everybody else was. And I said, well, you know, I bet the others are verbal processors and you're not. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, might it help you to find out what the meeting's going to be about mm-hmm. ahead of time, maybe a day ahead of time or two days or a week, whatever, you know, however you can do it. And um, just email you know, the person and find out what's it going to be about so that you can do you're processing on it, and if you have something to contribute, you're ready. Now, the thing is with verbal processing, you know, it, it, the topic can go in so many different directions. And so she might not be able to carry it there, mm-hmm. but she can at least offer what she thought about. Right. So, you know, I'm curious because I, my mind is, is uh, zooming along here as we're talking, and because I know... I've been in a relationship where, because I'm definitely a verbal processor, but like when I would come back from a seminar or some kind of a training, I would get lambasted with questions. What did you learn? Blah, 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 blah. And I would just be like, uh, uh, I couldn't even talk. It's like I, I hadn't had time to process anything. So... I'm wondering if if different situations, you can be kind of one or the other, depending on on the situation and how much more of a verbal processor the other person is. That I, am I making any sense here? Yeah. Well, the other person was just having a regular discussion, which isn't problem solving necessarily. And oh, that's if right. you. Okay. If you were at a workshop that went pretty deep, which I'm assuming you were, that would take you into your unconscious a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to need some time to let that kind of ruminate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I assume you're visual in your unconscious. I'm not sure, though. I, I never did your, your thing, but um, you might be visual, and so you're visually triggered that way, or you might be kinesthetic in your unconscious so it takes you a little while Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. do it you know either either way you know there's the um the organizing mode where we meet the world um i'm kinesthetic so i'm touching everything you know and uh, that's not always the best (laughs) i know i said to somebody the other day i'm very kinesthetic when i go like into a store uh, yeah. where there's clothing and stuff that that's my first thing is is to feel everything <laughs> on the racks and then if something feels right then I'll then I'll go for the visual <laughs> right right and if you're um if you're a kinesthetic in the organizing mode and auditory in the subconscious which is where we problem solve then you're going to be visual in the unconscious so that means the visuals are going to trigger your connection to your soul, to the mystery we call God. And I'm afraid in the same place to your shit, mm-hmm. right? To your pain, to the, the inner child that's hurting. 
you know, I often do the the Jonestown thing. You know, you get these mm-hmm. weird cult and they've heard God say, and it's often just because our pain is repressed into the unconscious, the same place that our amazing connection to our soul and to the mystery we call God is. Mm-hmm. And so that can get all confused and, and dark if people don't learn to do their inner work. Mm-hmm. So you're focusing on problem solving specifically, right. but I'm just, I'm kind of thinking about, okay, so when you have two people, one who's more verbal and one who's more nonverbal in the dynamic, I'm just trying to think if, does this, is there a way that this relates or connects, not necessarily in problem solving, but in, in just trying to communicate well with the other person? And Well, like I said, you know, I think, I think the getaway think about it's tend to do a lot of their, their processing in their head. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when they communicate, you think that they're verbal problem solving, but they're not solving problems. They're just um, going on and on about if they go on and on, if, if a getaway think about it is going on and on, it's about stuff they've already thought about. Mm-hmm. It's not, there's no question in it generally. Mm-hmm. And if there is, they're not going to solve it verbally. They're going to go back into their head or their body and figure it out again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I was just trying to think of, you know, because people do communicate differently and as a, a way of, you know, if a listener is, is, is relating to this and just having trouble communicating in general, with uh, a person who has a different way of processing information and relating it, you know, how this might help them. Well, I, I think it's, you know, it's going to help by noticing, first of all, what are you? Are you a verbal processor or a nonverbal processor? Mm-hmm. Do you need to talk to, to, to get your aha or do you need to get away and think about it? And then when you know what you are, you can pretty much figure out what the other person is by are they bringing up issues that they need to talk about or are they just telling you what they've already thought about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's not, I mean, it, you know, there will always be a divide. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not easy. It, you're not always going to know the interior of the getaway think about it, especially if they're introverted. Maybe a more extroverted getaway think about it will be more more sharing of their interior life. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, because I can see how there is a, a spectrum. You know, like on one end there's the nonverbal, on the other end there's the verbal, and then there's all the way in between. And and I'm wondering about you know if it had if there's a, a component of situations where maybe there's a fear involved. And so, you know, maybe a verbal processor just really needs time alone to think about it. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying is, you know, you can talk about your friend or you can talk about, you know, where you want to go out to eat. Mm -hmm. That's not an issue, but when it gets to the issue, then you're, you know, definitely verbal or definitely get away. Think about it. Mm -hmm. There's no spectrum there. The spectrum is how important is the issue to you. 
Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. There'd be spectrums like an introvert, extrovert. You know, you fall in the middle, you fall more to the introvert or to the extrovert side. You know, there's a spectrum there. But you're either, when it comes to problem solving, remember, this is about problem solving. Okay. And serious kind of important stuff to you. Mm-hmm. You either talk or you don't. Mm-hmm. So I've talked a little bit about my issues with a teenager, um, but can you go a little more into working with kids, with your children, um, how this can be helpful? Because a lot of kids, I would imagine, are either they're developmentally not ready to hear this or think about this, or they're not really interested. So as a parent, how can you have a better problem solving with your with your kids by utilizing this okay well let's let's take your example mm-hmm. you're a very problem solver and you're trying to communicate with a child who's probably a getaway think about it mm-hmm. you know you might say and it's not totally true but because you're not a getaway think about it but you might take the getaway think about it perspective mm-hmm. say you know honey sometimes I know this probably sounds like a lot of yakking, and sometimes I just need, when someone asks me questions, or I just need some time to get away and think about it, and that it's okay to ask for that. And if you need that when when I'm talking, just let me know what you think I was talking about, what the question is, and then feel free to, you know, go outside and play and think about it, or... You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's so it's it's one way. It's not always. It's best if both people can experience this dynamic, right? Because mm-hmm. mutual understanding and nobody's a victim, right? And nobody's a victimizer. But with kids, I would think that just letting them um, know that it's okay if you don't feel like you can talk about it right now, you can come back later. And then, and I won't be mad. <laughs> See, the reason, <laughs> look, this is really important, Janine. The reason people, the getaway think about it is never, they say, well, he never comes back and talks. I said, well, of course not. How, what's your what's your mood when he storms out of the room? <laughs> mm-hmm. What's your mood when he might come back and talk? You're angry, you know, mm-hmm. as you feel, you know, rejected and disrespected and all that good stuff. So um, if you use this dynamic, you won't, that won't happen. And so it's really important if an unhealthy dynamic of, you know, bad feelings on everybody's part has been going on, if maybe um, you can explain that some people need to talk and some people need to get away, and then it's something that you just learned and you realize that he might be a need to get away or she might need to get away. And um, if you just tell me what you think I was asking and ask to have some time to think about it, I respect that. Mm -hmm. I just want you to know that. And then come back and I won't be mad because you you let me know what it is that you need. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's so important. We never do that, do we? Let me know what you need. Mm -hmm. You know, men, women, we don't stand up. For our needs and we don't know how to say them in a nice way I've taught getaway think about it's to say gee you know Janine that's I heard you say yada yada and that's really important to me 
and I understand that that's a concern of yours. So could I have a little time to think about it? <laughs> and that's what I tell. That's what I tell Getaway. Think about it. Tell that to your boss when your boss is a verbal processor and they they're waiting. You know, they're waiting for you to give that answer. Mm. And you, you know what, Joe? That is really important to me. But I'm going to need some time to think about it. And that diffuses everything. So oh, it, yeah. it allows everybody to be neutral and right. That's important to me, and I'd like some time to think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your concern is important to me. You know, and not just you don't just say I hear what you said. You said I heard you're concerned about yada yada yada. You repeat it, and then that's important to me. Do you mind if I have some time to think about it? Mm -hmm. So I can see this. You know, okay. Let's say somebody's listening to this podcast, and maybe their partner or whatever isn't isn't interested. So if you're a verbal processor, my sense is that, and your partner is a nonverbal, um, perhaps if a dynamic is starting, you could just say to the other person, you know, I'm just going to give you some time to think about it and let's talk about it later. If just one person knows about this and the other person isn't interested. Right. And that often is, is what happens. Um, in that case, um, I think saying I'm going to give you some time to think about it might might um, bring up some of the defenses. Mm -hmm. So um, what I suggest is you just offer a little tidbit. An example? What do you mean by a tidbit? Oh, I'm thinking about going on vacation with my sister. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there'll be, you know, enough time or if we want to spend money on that. I'm just thinking about it. I'm, I'm not planning on it. Mm -hmm. Because remember, a, non, a, non, a getaway think about it is going to talk to give their answers. So if they hear you talking, they think that's your answer. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I had a couple where uh, he said something about uh, he was the verbal processor. Maybe we can go to Hawaii or maybe we should go here or there or whatever. And so she's planning on going to Hawaii. <laughs> and he's you know, he hasn't decided, you know. So it's really important that the verbal processor says, you know, it just occurred to me or I was just wondering uh, and be really clear that you haven't made up your mind. Mm -hmm. See, because that's what they would do. They would think it through and then they'd speak because they made up their mind. Right. Yeah. And so they think you're you should be or are put together just like them. This is a very good point, I think. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so and let's say then that the person who knows something about this is the nonverbal person. And the verbal person, they feel like they're hammering them. And so if they just say, you know, I just I need some time. I can tell this is important to you. It's important to me or however they want to phrase it. Um, but I really just need some time to think about it. And yeah. I'd like to do that, and and then let's talk about it tonight or tomorrow or whenever. Right, right. And they should repeat the issue. Okay. Yeah, I, I heard you say yada yada. I understand how you know this is important to me because it's important to you. And um, can I think about it tonight? And uh, while I'm mowing the lawn or tinkering, and the you know some people just need to tinker. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, and 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 the answer will come to them. 
And some need to really work on it mentally to get the answers. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I hope that the getaway think about us and the verbal processors will have learned something from from our discussion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I know I've learned a lot. So. <laughs> good. I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad. Yeah, this has been good. It's the first thing I do with the couples, in my opinion. I mean, the wedding's fine. But mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, helping people to get deeper into into their heart mm-hmm. and into really going on. Um, one gal, she said, I saw her at another wedding. And um, she said, oh, Julie, she said, you saved us 30 years of trying to figure this out. Wow. Yeah, I was so grateful. And they had kids, and they're so happy now. And mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's where everything starts is good communication, whether it's uh, between heads of state or, you know, with right. your children or with your partner or with your boss or your coworkers. It's right. all about how to communicate in a way that is, you know, it, it doesn't create drama, I guess, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't create drama. And also, you know, in order to do that, and this may be getting into another podcast, we were talking about the Transforming Anger podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really important to be able to get from your thinking into your feeling. Mm -hmm. And that is where we, everybody kind of settles. You know, you can feel like you're going down on an elevator when you're with someone who all of a sudden is accessing some feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going down deeper. And that is a place where human beings connect mm-hmm. and it's a place of compassion and and we need to get out of our head and into our core into that place of compassion into that place of feeling in spiritual direction training Janine they they taught us to you know follow thinking down into feeling that's where I I learned this um, mm-hmm. method and mindfulness from Catholics we you know at the core you know we are love and then as you go outside, you think of an onion, as you have all those layers. There's the reacting and the judgment. It's all, and, and that's all based on it because it triggers old wounds, old pain. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and people's pain is triggered and then they get angry and then they get judgmental. And then, you know, it's the immigrant's problem or it's you hate the president or. Mm-hmm. Presidents hate us because you know we're progressive, or everybody's hating everybody. And if you could just get down to the core of what really everybody's responding to, we have a lot of victims in yes. our country now, and victims create more victims. So if you can look at what's under that fear of being victimized, you know what is it? I feel helpless. Okay, good. Feel the helplessness, so you no longer avoiding it feel it be with it maybe even remember the first time you ever felt helpless were you in diapers <laughs> you know were you crying and nobody came mm-hmm. mom and dad too busy to love you did you feel unloved do you feel rejected so that you need to get all this love and attention and you have no no way to process it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. loving connection unconditional loving connection to another person and you are always asked to you know justify your existence mm, mm-hmm. so so important to do your inner work and do it kindly and what i teach people is you know when you go down 
into yourself or you have a feeling come up, you go, oh, shit, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kind of sit with yourself. Go back to the incident and just be very kind and loving. It's if you're holding a little baby because there are no monsters inside anybody. There's just little wounded kids. Little wounded. And I had one gentleman... And uh, I had done the you know listening work with him, and then a little later he called me. He said, "You know, I keep trying to be with this um, little kid inside of me, like I was in your session." But he says, "I I still have judgment. I'm still too like angry at it." And I said, "Well, how how far back do you think you can go before you don't feel judgment for that yourself?" And he went to the fetus. Mm. And right then and there on the phone, he just boom, he just went down in and he felt this compassion and kindness. He said, there, there can't be any <laughs> anything bad about that. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Great. Well, I know this is going to be really, really helpful. You shared with me a reading, and I thought it would be a lovely way to end our conversation. It's from your, I believe you said it's from your February, March column. You write a column for a publication called Families First Monthly. Right. And um, I can have the link to the podcast website because you write a column and you've been writing it for a long time, I know. And there's yeah, about some... seven, 17 years I've been, Laura Kalchuk is the publisher. Uh, and uh, we've been together ever since she started out. So I do artwork and poetry or um, this time I just stole something from the Tao. Would you like me to read it? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I think it kind of fits what we're doing here. It says, within you is a place of love and grace. It is a place without fear where there is no need to defend or prove, no need to lie or hide. From this place springs words of truth and a life of love. Wait patiently for the voices of fear in your mind to cease their frantic call to action. Become aware of what the next clear step of love might be. Be patient with yourself, for the qualities of a lover do not depend on externals. They take root in your own soul, and they grow as you attend to them. They all lie within you. Nice. Amen. Very nice. Thank you. We should mention that you are a pastor. (laughs) We did also, besides all of your other talents. Yes, I have my Master's of Divinity from McCormick Theological Seminary in Chicago. I was ordained in 1986. I pastored a church for five and a half years in uh, Wisconsin. And um, originally, I didn't. I was. I told my professor I wanted to get a PhD in spirituality because it was so easy for me since I kind of was mystical child all my life. And he said, "Well, you really ought to pastor a church." And so I'm glad I did. But after five and a half years, I went to California, to Burlingame, California, and entered a nine-month internship in the Art of Spiritual Direction, and they were amazing. Just amazing. I learned so much. Uh, And the nine-month internship was really, um, I mean, it was so intensive that it was like being ready to birth. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you you really knew you were pregnant with something after that. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad I, because we, we didn't really talk about your background that much. Um, yeah. Well, I'm so grateful for you sharing all of this. It's really valuable information and in your insights. And, you know, as we said, I think the failure to communicate well is probably the root of the majority of relationship failures. I agree. And, and but I would add, mm-hmm. I would add that the communication really has to start within ourselves mm. with a kindness mm-hmm. and a compassion for ourselves to love ourselves as the mystery we call God. Love loves us. Mm-hmm. Cause if you believe that the core of someone is evil, you're not going to, <laughs> you know, even yourself, you're not does, going to it does make it kind of hard. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah. And, and, and that having the thrill of feeling the energy of love when it is in a communication process between two people is beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It really is. So oh, my advice, oh, go ahead. Well, there is one trick to communication that you might be able to use with um, Stephen's son. Mm-hmm. And that is you imagine that in between you and the person you're speaking with is a rose. And that rose is centered down deep into the earth. And, you know, the flower, the rose is between you. And when you speak, you speak to the rose. Oh, interesting. And that stops us from kind of overpowering others with our words or our energy. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleness. And the rose is often like a, a, a metaphor for the soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. So. Well, that's something anyone can use, not just me. So that's great. Thank you. You're welcome. So don't be shy, everybody. Start putting into practice what you've learned today, because any relationship can be made even better. So thank you so much, Julie. I really, really appreciate your being on the podcast, and uh, we'll definitely do another one. Thank you, Janine, and thank you for honoring this work. I love it so much, and... uh, it's just my purpose in life to share it. Yeah. So how can people connect with you, by the way? Um, well, I have a website, and it is my name, Julie Chase, C-H-A-I, just like the T, but pronounced differently, juliechay.com. Great. Okay, and we'll have a link on the website. So thank you again, my dear. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Keeping It Real with Janine comes out every two weeks. Find our podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app where you can rate and review the show. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on a great conversation. Show notes can be found on our podcast website, realjanine.com, as well as links to guests' web pages. You can also leave comments or questions and sign up for the Real Janine mail list to keep up on new episodes, life updates, and recipes. And remember, Janine is J-A-N-E-A-N. Do you know a few people who would benefit from my conversation with Julie Che? I'll bet you do. Please share the love. And thanks for listening. Take care and be well.